what's good, man? Y'all know what time it is. It's another episode of High Key. Shit, man, we just gonna go straight into the fucking catch up. I'm hurting right now, so we just gonna push through. Uh, but shit, getting to the catch up. What happened with me this week, man? Shit, man, I went hooping. And I am in fucking pain. I don't even know if I'm actually in pain from hooping. But I know damn well that my motherfucking knees hurt and it's next week. I don't know. Like one of my homeboys, he was like, oh man, I ain't get the hoop this week. I'm damn sure gonna be out here next week though. I ain't. Well, it's not trending that way for sure. Cause my motherfucker, I think the what, ha- what actually happened was, I think that, uh, so you know, I'm staying with my people while we uh, find a house. And um, me and my wife are on the air mattress. But we actually brought one of the pieces from our our uh, last apartment, like the one of the couch pieces. It's like the corner piece or whatever of the sectional. And I kind of lay because the air mattress ain't big enough. I lay on the couch and I put keep my legs on the motherfucking uh, air mattress. I think what happened is some point in the night, my leg dropped between the mattress and the uh the sectional and so then i twisted and obviously my leg not gonna motherfucking me move and i fucked up my knee but i don't know if you just heard that my my shit hurt it hurt like a motherfucker i wouldn't go to work today but apparently you know gotta get this bread so we get the fuck up out of here but uh trying to figure out other than that man it's been a slow week man really just out here working out here grinding out here trying to grind you know, I still this procrastination shit. It ain't it ain't went nowhere. I think I'm getting a little bit better, but at the same time, it's fucking tough. Like I'm shooting this before I go to work. I had two days to shoot, but I did it. But it's like, uh, why would you wait last minute? Not call nobody to come in, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, I'm gonna have to figure this shit out. I think it's just this fucking house, man. This fucking house is just, I don't want to say it's draining me because I am, I am grateful that I have a place to go while we search for a real house. And so thank you, father, mother. But at the same time, it's just like, this is a lot. Being in someone else's space is a lot. Being in one fucking room is a lot. Like even with the, just setting this shit up, it's just like, how do you set it up without showing too much of the background? Like, because obviously we living in one fucking room. And it's like, we can't even walk in the goddamn closet. We got so much shit in there. And then, like, one of the the biggest things that me and my wife, like, are different on is temperature. So last night, my wife was freezing, and the, she cuts on her little space heater, and I instantly start sweating. So it's just like, this shit is so unnecessarily draining. But, once again, I am grateful that I'm able to be here and I'm grateful that my parents are in a situation to where they can just be like, oh yeah, come get a room. You still got to pay rent, but you can come get a room until y'all figure this shit out. So other than that, man, it is what it is. This week has just been a fucking week. Ain't, ain't shit happened. Not for me. Ain't shit happened. We still hustling, still going to work, still going to class. And ah, fuck, I got to sign up for classes next semester. (sighs) This shit tough. And, um, but shit, just to get into the shit, man, this past weekend, I want to say maybe the last two weekends have been great for fucking sports. Like if you're a actual like sports fan and not like just a football fan or just a basketball fan, if you're a fan of sports, this week was fucking amazing. Like you had to, just to kick it off, you had the whole free Odell shit, that nigga, Daddy posting videos of him sitting wide the motherfucking knee open. I and then uh he actually went to the Rams. Now the Rams are stacked. They got Von Miller, they got Odell, like and Robert Woods just went out, unfortunately. But uh the Rams are looking like a fucking Super Bowl contender. But I'm not here for that. I'm here for the UFC shit. Like last week, UFC was it two sixty eight? I might be getting that wrong. But uh you had the What's his name? Uh, Kamaru Usman. I'm trying to think of the name of his coach because the coach had three fighters on the main card. They're supposed to be like the last three fights, but then they realized like that's not fair to his fighters. 
So they opened it up with uh, Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. And you want to talk about fucking fireworks to the point to where, you know, usually one of the fighters, does the post, uh, winner does the post-conference uh, or whatever. Unless it's the superstar, then they both do po post-conferences. But Dana White been on this shit to where, like, if it's a motherfucking war, just send the ass to the hospital. You don't even get to talk to him, which is fucking dope because you just had that uh, young girl. I think she died at, like, the age of, like, 21, 22, a few weeks back, a few months back. But that was a different organization, so. And, you know, Dana... Although he don't pay his fighters their fair share, he do kind of look out for them when it comes to health and shit like that. So he just sent them niggas straight to the uh, hospital. But they started off the main card with fucking fireworks, man. And then um, Trevor Whitman, I think that's the guy, Trevor Whitman. This is basically the Trevor Whitman card. He had two championships and he had uh, Justin Gaethje fighting on the same fucking card, who's also fought for a championship and probably going to fight for a championship too. After his win over Michael Chandler. But uh, this Trevor Whitman card was fucking amazing. Then you had Thug Rose versus... Uh, hmm, what's her name? I almost said something very inappropriate. Uh, Wei Lee. Huh? So you had Thug, Thug Rose versus Wei Lee. And that fight was good. Like, they were throwing them bitches. I think Wei Lee... You, you can see, like, the first two rounds, uh, Wei Lee wanted her belt back. So if you don't if you don't know the backstory, uh, Wei Lee was the championship, and she got caught with a kick. Thug Rose set up a nice little head kick uh, in their last championship fight. It was like a bunch of leg kicks, bunch of leg kicks, bunch of leg kicks, and then she uh, hit her with a head kick. And even on the head kick, Wei Lee scooted back as if she was going for the leg, and then bam, got kicked in the head and was out of there. But um, this fight, you could tell Wei Lee was just like, no, I got something for you. Like I was champion for a reason. And they went out there, they were throwing them, they made the adjustments. And, uh, you know, Wei Lee is a short, short, stocky woman. And so everybody assumed that she would have the advantage on the ground. And I think in the third quarter, third quarter, Jesus Christ, the third round, at the end of the third round, it was when uh, Thug Rose realized, oh, I can take her down and just sit. And that's what she did. So the fight, the, the fight changed dramatically. Like, Doug Rose was just like, hey, this is what we're going to do. You ain't, your takedown defense ain't what we think it is. You all are strong, but I am better. And so that's what she did the last three rounds. She just fucking just took her down and laid on her. You know, did, did enough work to where the referee didn't stop it. But it was a clear, dominant victory for Thug Rose. I want to know where she go from here. Because, I don't know, that 115 weight class, I just don't see who else. You can't fight Wei Lee. You fought uh, Young Jacobs already, and then Andrade is moving up and down for weight classes because she can't stay winning. But other than that, I don't know. I wonder what they do with Thug Rose now. They say she's one of the greatest 115ers, but I think that's Joanna. But uh, come, just moving back to this card, man, of course, Kamaro dominated Kobe Covington again. But I won't say again. The, last, the first fight was really good. But uh, Kamaro did. I think he sealed that, like, you're not better than me. And, you know, Kobe Covington is a whole ass, like, Trump supporting ass racist, like, I want to say it's his, it's his persona. Like, that's what, it's his character. And it's like, why'd you choose that character? Like, niggas would tell him, niggas say all the time, like, oh, that's not who he really is. Like, this is something he's put on to make money and it's working. So he's going to keep doing it. But I don't know. I just don't feel like I really fuck with that. But I mean, if it make money, it make money. But uh, he went out there. He He's legit the second best waltz weight in the world. It's just he can't beat Kamara Usman. So hopefully now that uh, the Masvidal Edwards fight uh, is now over, that uh, Leon, can get, Leon Edwards can get that fight because he's on like a non-fight win streak. So Leon needs that championship fight versus Kamara, even though it'll be a rematch for them. And, but it's really the only the only fight that makes sense. But uh, going into this card that just happened yesterday, it was the uh, Vegas, Las Vegas 42 card. That motherfucker was so good. You had Herb Dean have another Herb Dean moment. Ben Rothwell versus De uh, DeLima. Like, DeLima went out there with bad intentions. Like, and, and he was chopping Ben Rothwell's leg. Like, that first little kick, they came out there, they met in the center of the fucking uh, octagon, and they was just like, bet, let's go. Which is what you want is kind of people... Which is why people go and see heavyweights. 
because you want to see him bang. But when you got a heavyweight like Dilemma, Dilemma, it's different because he he started chopping that motherfucking leg. And so they meet in the center of the octagon. And he's like, right, all right, bet. bang, bang, two, two clean, hard lead kicks. And Rothwell, you can tell he did not like it. And then he hit him with another leg kick and then followed it up with a nice right hand and rocked Rockwell. And he just started stumbling. And the reason why I say it was another Herb Dean fight is because Herb Dean's stoppages are so fucking questionable. It's just like, so he rocked him and he fought, he, he stumbles all the way back to the uh, center, to the uh, cage. And Delima just starts putting hands on him. And you can see his knees are buckling, but his natural instinct is to fight back. It was not to cover up. It was to fight back. And so by the letter of the law, I guess Hardin is like, okay, he's fighting back, so I can't stop this fight. But if you're just watching the fucking fight, you know that he's in fight or flight mode. And he's, but he's not fully there. Like he was out on his feet. Like he got rocked twice while on the feet that made his knees buckle. And so um Delima just put it on him. And then with the last big shot, he kind of fell forward and kind of grabbed Delima. And then Herb Dean like literally goes in there and touches Delima like he's about to finish the fight. But then notices Rockwall, Rockwell is uh is still like fighting, like, but it's not he's not consciously there. And so it was one of them things. It's like you should have, you could have stopped this fight ten seconds, ten, fifteen seconds ago. We understand why you didn't stop the fight. It makes sense because he's still swinging. And but to touch the fighter and say, "Hey, this fight is over," but then to continue to let them fight until the uh the, the fighter that was winning basically just put his hands up, like, "Bro, he's out." Like, what the fuck are we doing here? And so it, it was just another one of them Herb Dean fights. Maybe I'll cut that. Maybe I won't. But it was just another one of them fucking Herb Dean fights. Uh, And then you had um, Sean Woodson. Yo, that fight was, it was over quick. And you knew it was going to be over quick from from how it started. Like, first off, a 6'2 fucking featherweight, that's unheard of. That's just fucking unheard of. If you don't know what a featherweight is, a featherweight, featherweight is somebody who's 145. This nigga's 6'2 and a half and weighs 145. So you knew... If he was able to control range, it was out. It was, it was, he was out of there. So, And that's what happened. And it's crazy because he was able to control range, but he did it with body shots. So if, if you want to see like how it finishes on the uh, the high-key Twitter. But um, he was, he finishes dude with body shots. And he knew like at one point in time, he hit him with like two body shots, backed up, and he could see it in the guy's face. And he just waved his finger like, you know, it's fucking over. And then... Just hit him with another uh, another lever shot, and the dude just crumbled. I had never seen like this was tremendous body work. I don't know. I'm not I'm not a real boxing fan like that, but for me, so I ain't never seen like body work like this. It was just like, oh, I know you're hurt, and I'm not even gonna go for the head no more. Like we both know that you're two or three body shots away from being finished, and he finishes nigga with body shots. So that was another great fight on this card, but. Uh, uh, the the true fight of this car everybody wanted to see was uh, blessed. Max Holloway is that nigga, or that Hawaiian, however the fuck you want to put it. Like Max Holloway, for me, I don't think um, I can't even think of his fucking name. Velowski, that's not his fucking name. But the nigga who got the one forty five uh, belt, he's not the true champion. Yes, he fought Max Holloway twice, and the judges gave it to him. But I don't think he won either one of those fights. And a lot of fighters feel the same way. Because Max Holloway is that nigga. And then um, Max Holloway, of course, so he fought for the belt twice. He lost twice or whatever. Well, he lost his belt. And then he fought him again and lost it again. And they didn't want to do a trilogy match. Even though Max is that nigga. So they gave him the number seven guy in Calvin Cater. And Max beat the dog shot of Calvin Cater, like set a UFC strike record type shit, or set his personal strike record. And so it's just like, okay, bet. We can't give Max nobody else. This is the number seven ranked nigga in the world. And he went out there and made him look stupid to the point to where people was like, oh, his his corner might have should have thrown that belt in. And then it was, oh no, he's uh, Boston strong. Nope. Fuck all that Boston strong shit. That nigga, I don't even know if he's fought since then. 
he got his ass beat the fuck up. And at some point, it was one of them fights that take years off of your career. And his corner should have threw it in. But Max went out there and Max beat his ass up. And it's just like, this is why you don't do this. This is why when you, when you fuck somebody over, this is what happens. Because now this nigga is championship quality. Even though he don't have a championship no more. Everybody knows he's the greatest featherweight of all time, and his time isn't over. He's only 29 years old. He's the greatest featherweight of all time, and this nigga is 29 years old. So it's just like, you know, if you if it's if it's you're not gonna give him nobody out to top 10. You gave him the number seven nigga, and he went and beat him the fuck up like bad. So it's just like he wasn't supposed to be in the ring with Max Holloway, like. And in no sports does the number seven team or the number seven person get to fight the champion. And that's what that was. It was the person who everybody believes the championship, who, who believes the champion is, versus the number seven person. So Max went out there and was literally throwing punches without even looking at the nigga, just talking shit. So this, so this fight, they gave him Yair Rodriguez. Hopefully his name is Rodriguez, or that is hella, hella racist. But they gave him Yair. And uh, only thing with Yair is Yair hadn't fought in uh, in two years. Also, his last fought, his last fight, he lost that fight for about 14, 14 minutes. I don't know what's going on with me. Yair lost that fight for about fourteen fucking minutes. Well, actually, fourteen minutes and fifty nine seconds. He caught Korean Zombie with an elbow with one second left on the clock. And knock Korean Zombie out. Other than that, he was losing that fight. And so he hadn't fought in two years. He's the number three fighter in the world. And they gave him Max Holloway. And I give it to him. I, I personally had a score. I had a 50-45. I don't think Yair won a, um, won a round. But obviously the uh, ref, the, um, is it the... The judges did. One of the judges had it 48-47. Well, two of the judges, two of the judges had a 48-47. And then one of the judges had a 49-46. I thought it was 50-45 because, yes, the first round was the only round where it was questionable for me because he was landing a lot of leg kicks on Max Holloway. But at no point in time did Max Holloway show that it was hurt. Like, he switched dances a couple times, but he... Control to center of the octagon, and he landed punches with the most damage. And I don't, I'm not sure if if uh, if they are counted as knockdowns, but if I come up to you and I put my hand on your fucking chest and then push you to the ground, I believe that's a knockdown. But they didn't give it to me. I don't know if they actually counted that to, uh, uh, as a knockdown from Max Holloway, but that's what he did in in the middle of an exchange. He just pushed him to the fucking ground, and but he didn't he didn't. Um, he didn't get on top of him or anything like that. He just literally just pushed it to the ground. It was just like a show of dominance. But I had him winning that round for the simple fact that he had the most damage. Like at the end of the round, you could see Yair was bleeding from uh, under his left eye. And so I gave that round to uh, Max. But, I mean, if you want to be, I don't know, I don't say if you want to be technical, Yair had more strikes because of them leg kicks. But the damage was done by Max. So I'm not going to be mad that most of the judges gave Yair the first. But it is what it is, man. It was a great fight. And then round two, you saw Max Holloway. He was like, okay, bet. Watch me close this gap. And that's what he did. Max went out there and put fucking hands on him. Yair did not go away. I will I will give him that. Yair did not go away. Like, he was in there. He he, he caught Max with a uh, a nice front kick. And Max Holloway's jaw is stupid, which you wouldn't think it is. I think he's like 5'11", and he's a 45 or so. You know, that weight cut is probably fucking serious. But the Max Holloway has a fucking a mean jaw because he, he ate a front kick and he, he ate a, uh, I want to say, 6-12 uh, to 12 elbow. Like, it was, it was fucking nasty. He ate two really mean hits, and he was just like, bro, I'm Max fucking Holloway. And then just like uh, Thug Rose noticed last week, Mac Holloway was like, oh, I can take you down whenever I want. And that's what he did. He The first three rounds, it was straight hands. Like, I'm going to put hands on you. The last two was, okay, let's let's get this to the ground. Let's see how you do there. And so I personally had a 5-0, five, five man. But the the refs had it. The refs saw it differently. At the end of the day, Max Holloway won. And 
It's like, what now? What do you do with Max? Do you let him fight Volkanovski again? Hmm, found, found his name. Do you let him like find uh, Volkanovski again for the third fucking time? Or do you just keep feeding him people who aren't the champion? Who, or who aren't on champion? I mean, you think that the number three fighter in the world would be more competition, although he was fucking good and he was off for two years and he still did good, but it's just like, Yo, Max is on a different fucking level. Like he's I, he's legit the best forty five in the world, belt or not. Even in that fucking post conference, he was just like, "Hey, like, like I'm not chasing nobody. I'm Holloway, bro. He's like, I'm blessed. Like, well, I'm not chasing nobody. To be the best is to be blessed. Like, and that's true. He's the best forty five er. And so right now they they think he ironed the Conor McGregor fight. Like, okay, bet if y'all don't want to give me a title fight, it's fine." Because he's the, he's the draw at 145. It's really weird how the UFC needs to fix this, but it's just like your champion should be the number one draw in that weight division and in multiple weight divisions. In their, I want to say in their best weight divisions, they're not. So the 45, Volkanovski the championship, but their money person is Max Holloway. At 55, uh, what's his name? Oliveira is the championship. But their money person is who's Conor McGregor, and then Tony Ferguson, and then uh, what's his name? Uh, Justin Gaethje and Dustin Poirier. Like your champ, your championship is legit. Probably your fifth or sixth best money grab in the division. And then you go up one more weight class, and it's Kamara Usman. But Kobe Covington's the uh, Kobe Covington and Jorge Masvidal are the uh, the money grabs. So it's really, and then even with Leon Edwards, Leon Edwards not fight win streak, and nobody wants to see him fight because, and it's crazy. I don't know, bro. The way the UFC does shit is is hustling backwards. Like they they pick people and they and they just like, okay, these are gonna be our money grabs. We're gonna promote these people no matter what. And so in the seventy division, Kamar was a champion, and he's a dominant champ. He's just as dominant as Max Holloway is at featherweight. I think he has one loss. And he's double. He's he's literally doubling back on the uh, contenders, and so he's he. But I think he might be the fourth best draw out of the seventies because you got Nate Diaz, Kobe uh, Covington, and Jorge Masvidal, which the UFC all promote like heavy crazy or crazy heavy. Jesus Christ! I don't know what the fuck's going on. And so. And then with the 55 like I said, Charles Oliveira, Charles Oliveira is fifth. And then with the 45ers, I, don't, I won't put the 45ers on the UFC. I put it on the judges because Max Holloway won both of those fights when he lost his belt. He won both of those fights, but he lost the belt. So I won't put that one on the UFC. But the other one, it's like, bro, Kamara Usman has not, has not, I don't think he's lost since he's been in the UFC. I, went, I think he went to the ultimate fighter with one loss. And from there on, has won every fight. But Kobe Covington and Nate Diaz and and Masvidal, who's Masvidal, who's basically 500 in the UFC, he has not been good. He knocked out a old Nate Diaz when he very first came back, and Ben Askren on his way out. So it's just like, bro, like he he knocked out Ben Askren after after he had uh, two hip surgeries. The fuck are we doing here? And now he's a now he's championship material. That don't make sense. Meanwhile, Leon Edwards is on a non-fight win streak, and they refuse to give him a, a a title fight. But it is what it is. And of course, 85, 85 is decent. Damn, bro. I don't. Eighty-five is really fucking decent. I just don't fuck with Izzy. Like y'all can keep that nigga. I don't fuck with no nigga with a white girl. So I don't. I don't know. I really don't care for the eighty-five division. So. Hmm. The UFC just, I don't know, they need to just start bringing in new fighters, I guess. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. <laughs> also, Leah Letson, man, your corner let you down. I forget, She was fighting uh, Felicia Spencer, and Spencer was beating her motherfucking ass. Like, she just pushed her against the cage and was just dropping elbows, body shots. And it's just like, after the first round, we knew this fight was over. After the I want to say the first half of the second round, we knew this fight was dangerous. And it's just like, bro, at some point, your corner has to step in. And so if, if, if I'm Leah Letson, 
also she has the dopest fucking uh nickname or fight name. Her fight name is uh is Nidus. So her name is Leah Nidus Letson. Come on, bro. That that's fucking dope. That's fucking creative. Everybody got the same fucking name, but her shit is Nidus. Like Leah Nidus Letson. Okay. Anyway, I digress. But um like your your corner has to be there to protect you. So if I'm Leah Letson, I, I I fire that corner because I uh around and a half in, you were taking entirely too much fucking damage. Just way too much. But she's still fighting, so uh I think Mark Smith or whatever was the uh the referee in this fight so he just let her keep fighting because it's like okay you are you are you trying to get off this fence yeah you're trying are are you are you swinging every so often yeah you're swinging but you're eating elbows like this fight was not close I, I believe this was another fight that took years off of a fighter because I just don't see how you could let your uh your fighter take this much damage I really don't like at this point it's just like I'd fire. I wonder if the UFC could step in. It's just like, hey, we need better corner. But, I mean, not really because, I mean, it's your personal corner. But at the same time, Felicia Spencer went out there and beat the dog shit out of her. And they were not in the same the same round. Like, Felicia Spencer has lost to Cyborg. She's lost to Amanda Nunes. Like, she's lost to the top, the, like the cream of the crop. So, no, she's not the greatest, obviously, but you know what ring you in when you get in there. Like, she's not going to come in scared of this this girl on a come up. She's not. Like, but the way the UFC work with these women, like, these women, man, they recycle so fast. Like, there's j it's just not deep enough. And the UFC doesn't care if it's deep, deep enough, in my opinion, because they cut... Uh, they cut Megan Anderson because she wanted, I guess she wanted more bread, but you cut her right after a championship fight. So, oh, you fought for the championship versus Amanda Nunes, but nah, bro, you're cut. And she's young. Mm. So I, I don't know. I don't want to say the UFC is going to get repetitive, but with the way that the champions look now, outside of, I don't even know. I think heavyweight is the only division where it's just like, What's going to happen next? Because Francis Ngannou is a dog. Francis Ngannou puts you to sleep and it looks fucking nasty. And then Cyril Gan is so technical. He's so just, just beautiful striking when it comes to Cyril Gan. And then I think Derek Lewis is out the picture. I think Derek Lewis showed that if you, come, if, you out, if you out here and you know how to fight, you will fuck him up. Uh, Derek Lewis, you know, H-Town, Texas, whatever. That's all cute and shit, but... Cyril Gaon went out there and finished Derek Lewis just by being precise. Even when um, Derek Lewis fought Volkov, Volkov was winning that fight until like the last 30 seconds when he got caught with a big strike. So I feel like Derek Lewis is a draw, but other than that, he's not, he not going to do shit. Like, he'll just be like the, the gatekeeper for those who want to be a champion. Because I don't see him beating Fran this new Francis. No, he they, he beat Francis once, but it was um, it was Francis coming off a loss in the championship to Stipe. Not to mention Stipe. Like when Stipe come back, where do you, where does Stipe go? Does he wait for his title shot, which he should? He's the greatest heavyweight of all time, or does he fight somebody he's not supposed to fight? I think if he fights Derek Lewis, he puts Derek Lewis to sleep. And then you got John Jones. Whenever the fuck John Jones decides he don't want to beat his fucking wife and drink and all that other bullshit, John Jones is fucking nasty. I think most niggas got on the UFC because of John Jones. And then left the UFC because of John Jones because he don't know what the fuck he's doing with his life. But, mm -hmm. And then I think next week, uh, did we get Cody Garbrandt on the next fight card? Or either this fight card coming up Saturday or the next one. But, mm. This UFC shit is is running, and I like how the, they have this partnership with ESPN to where there's fights every fucking Saturday, but also I don't like it because there's fights every fucking Saturday. Like, it's one of the most annoying things in the world for these fights to be every Saturday because it's just like, we don't get to, we don't get to like think or not think, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not parody. I can't. Th I, this word is really gonna kick my motherfucking ass. Like, because there's so many fights. Like, 
we don't get to really appreciate how dominant the champion is like because it's just like oh fight 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 and it it's it's constantly like washing the uh divisions out so it's like, if there's a fight in this division every fucking week like the division you're gonna have to keep, keep bringing in new bodies and it's just like so it, it just i don't know it seemed like it waters down the entire division with fights every fucking weekend but i mean i'm not gonna give up 750 million from espn either so mm. now just to move away from this ufc shit because i did not mean to talk about that for 30 minutes and i apologize but um um moving to college football specifically swag football like as of recently shout out to kj bro i've been getting my swag hours up um I've been watching a lot of swag football or just soaking in a lot of swag, swag football. We start with Prairie View versus Alcorn, man. Alcorn took a, a, a stupid loss last week to uh, Mississippi Valley. I believe that was Mississippi Valley's first win. And Alcorn was just, just trying to get into that championship game. They needed to win out. And they lost to fucking Mississippi State. And, uh, and Prairie View was number one in the West, in the swag West. So, But then Alcorn got a chance to play Prairie View and they... They won. It's just like what? How you lose to Mississippi Valley and then beat Prairie View? I, I I don't know. So I'm not sure if they're still in the, the the West race because they were behind Prairie View. I know they got now they got the head to head. So maybe they need Prairie View to lose next week and then and to win next week and they get the uh, championship bid. But uh, Alcorn man, that coach is fucking. I can't McNair. That nigga dog, bro. I think I know everybody loved Dion, but I think McNair the best. He the best coach in the swag, bro. And I don't I don't I don't think it's really that close. Because I feel like if he had any other teams or any other uh fuck the teams, any other resources. Like if he had the resources that Purview had, I I don't think it'd be close. Because because if you don't know, they didn't have trainers for like three fucking weeks. So their their football team couldn't practice. And they just had to show up for fucking games. I feel like if he had the resources of a Prairie View or a, a, or even a Jackson State of FAMU, like, it, it'd be different. But what to see what Alcorn's going to and, and Bethune-Cookman, holy fucking shit, bro. These niggas furloughed everybody during the, uh, during the uh, pandemic, like, to the point where the, the players weren't practicing, the coaches weren't showing up. They're just like, nah, bro, we can't pay for this. And it's crazy because you're a private school, so it's just like, uh the fuck like maybe you shouldn't be so private nigga but I, I don't know i'm gonna have to ask somebody can you not be a private school anymore just to be like hey we don't want to do this shit no more because we suck and we ain't got breath to do this but basically when you look at uh to go back to mcnair and alcorn if he i believe if he had the resources he i think he'd be i, I think right now he's the best coach in the swag but i think it'd be obvious like Dion can recruit, and he has a great coaching staff. I don't think he's the best coach. I mean, recruiting goes into coaching. There's no, there's no doubt about that. He's the best recruiter in the uh, swag, but half of that is who he is. And then, uh, and then I, I, I wouldn't say he's a bad coach. Like if I had to put a grade on Dion, I'd probably give him an eight for the simple fact that his recruit, like recruiting's a part of it. So I'd probably give him an eight, and I'd probably give McNair. At 8.3. Like, I don't think you're a nine, because if you're a nine, you don't lose to Mississippi Valley. This is just not possible. I don't care what you're going through. You you don't lose to Mississippi Valley. But uh, but they went, they went and they played Prairie View, and they got that dub. Also, Prairie View, that coach is, uh, I believe he's a Southern guy. And he what, what, what Prairie View is doing with the campus and – this pair of you on that slow build and it's obvious I, Mississippi Valley is also on that slow build but I think it's just uh it's just football wise like pair of on a slow build university wise but Mississippi Valley is on a slow build uh football wise but with pair of you man I hope I hope they don't lose this coach because they talking about that coaching to go to Southern but I, I, if, I believe if they can hold on to him, pay that man, bro. Because, yeah, I know the university is getting better or whatever, but when football's good, everything's good. That's how I feel. 
So if you can get your fo football program to a couple consecutive uh, swag, uh, swag championship appearances, because you're not going to beat Prime. We know this. You're not going to beat Jackson State. Y'all got the quarterback uh, in pass from Louisville, that nigga dog, but you're not going to beat Jackson State, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you can get a couple of uh, just conference appearances, bro, then that bread, which that bread would do a lot. That bread would do a lot. But it's also absolutely fucking ridiculous how Grambling and Southern are holding this conference back. Holy fucking shit. And I'm sorry, this has to be fucking disgusting on the on the microphone and the camera. But fuck it. But uh yes. Yeah, Gremlin and Southern with this selfish ass Bayou Classic, and I get it. It's uh, it's a classic. Well, every game is a classic in a swag, apparently. But uh, me, I'm 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 newish to swag shit. Like, but I've always since like high school, I've always had the mindset that I'm not going to a football game for the band. That's the dumbest fucking shit in the world. It is absolutely fucking stupid and i want to reiterate that the best that i possibly can it is fucking retarded to go to a fucking football game for the fucking band that shit is stupid and so now you have this bayou classic which is a big game in the swag Ooh, the swag but bro what are we doing are we doing shit for the swag, or are we doing shit to get black people to the university? I don't know. Like, does the Bayou Classic do that? Maybe. But you know what does do that? Being on TV. Well, yes, being on TV. But being relevant. That's what I meant. Being relevant. And this fucking Bayou Classic is irrelevant to the nation. Yes, it is cool in Louisiana. It is cool for Southern black people, but for the nation, the niggas, and I, when I say niggas, I mean black people, the niggas in California, the niggas up north, the niggas in the Midwest, the niggas on the East, do not fucking care about your Bayou Classic because I am a nigga from Texas and I am down here. Yes, I'm not raised in that, I was not, I don't know. But like I said, I'm new to this whack shit, but Niggas don't fucking care about your Bayou Classic like that. And for your Bayou Classic to be a game a day behind the playoff selection is absolutely fucking retarded. It is absolutely, let me say that one more time so we can really get to understand this. It is absolutely fucking retarded. So you're telling me because you obviously, well, this year it doesn't matter too much, but it does because both of these teams fucking suck as football programs in this moment i understand the history of grambling but right now in this moment in the playoff system both of these teams are out they have not been in it for a while well southern has but yeah but you got teams like fam you who can be in the playoffs if they went out, but they can't be in the playoffs because we have this dumbass late fucking game that's a day behind the playoff selection. So if Gremlin was better than uh, Florida A&M or whatever, and they was like, oh, who gonna get in, Florida A&M or Gremlin? It wouldn't fucking matter because Gremlin has a game that is later than the selection fucking date. Also, the Celebration Bowl does kind of uh, impede that as well. But I feel like if there should be an opt-out, which is why I also feel like Deion Sanders took this TCU interview. I know a lot of people was like, oh, it's leverage for Jackson State. I do not believe it's leverage for Jackson State because he can get whatever the fuck he wants from Jackson State. If he says it, he's going to get it. At this point, like, because we've seen him build a track field, he built all this other shit for Jackson State. He basically it's the university. He's just not, he's he's just not doing it for the football program or whatever. He's doing it for the entire school. And also, like he says, high tide raises all. So the first thing that he did when he came to the SWAC was he upped all the coaches. Like McNair, he's like, oh, McNair is one of the biggest coaches, la, 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 la. Like he gave him his props. When they needed trainers, he reached out and was like, hey, bro, I will give you trainers because you, as this 
legendary coach in the swag or whatever. You shouldn't be going through this. You're the best coach in the swag. You should not have to go through this. Let me reach out and try to get you some trainers. Or even with his uh, old boy from Mississippi State, who's actually a Jackson, uh, I believe, an old Jackson player. He was just like, no, nah, do you see what they, they had been winless last year? He's like, no, nah, but do you see how they're building? They're competitive in every game. Really just saying like, no, nah, bro, like you can't get rid of this, man. Or even this, on, in this, on the same note, just saying, hey, like, look at that field. We as a... Uh, we as a conference have to make sure our players can play on this field. This field can get people hurt. Let's go help Mississippi Valley build a new field or just restore the field they have. And so uh, you got Dion trying to do shit like that. But and then you got the swag just really not giving a fuck. You got these terrible fucking refs. Holy fucking shit. I know if you haven't seen it, I really want you to go watch the Jackson State Southern game and just Look at the terror. They call they call a kick out of bounds on a kickoff. You know, you can't when you kick the ball off, the ball can't go out of bounds if the other team doesn't touch it. This ball touched three of Jackson State's players, because uh Southern was kicking it off. It touched three of Jackson State's players, and they were just like, Oh, you kicked it out of bounds. And it's just like, nigga, it touched every body. And then a little bit later after that, because they got the ball back, which is great. Ball don't lie. So they got Southern still got the ball back. They get the ball down to like the one yard line. And the dude, they, he hikes it, run the ball off. First surge doesn't get in. No whistle blown. Second surge clearly gets in the end zone. Then they blow the whistle. It's not a touchdown. This is right before the half. So really, they should have been up 21-7. Uh, or 24-7 at the end of the first half. But these SWAC refs are fucking terrible, bro. And I hate, like I said, I'm a newcomer to the SWAC and I hate to be this way. But holy fucking shit, can I just watch a decent fucking football game? That's the only thing I want to do. And these refs are fucking bad. But never know, man. I forgot where the fuck I was. Oh, yeah, the TCU interview. With, with the TCU, so I really feel like, hey, bro, this is Deion saying... All right, y'all see what I'm trying to do in the swag. I'm going to take this interview in hopes that I can get some shit changed. Like, maybe I'll come back to the table and be like, hey, can we get better refs? If, if we can get better refs, I stay. Or if we can get the names, because that's another thing that Dion wanted, the names on the back of the jerseys for the entire conference, like, then I'll stay. Or if we can get, or we can come together as, what, 12 schools and help Mississippi Valley with their field so our players don't get hurt. It's not just Mississippi Valley players. We have to play on this field. So maybe so all the players can get it. So so all so all the uh schools can get in and help Mississippi Valley. I don't know. But uh back to the the Southern Point Lake. Jackson State right now is I think they're ranked like 15, but I don't they wouldn't be able to play because the Southern, the, the Bayou Classic and the Celebration Bowl. Like, I I get it, bro. The Celebration Bowl is important to us. But if you're trying to get better as a conference, you got to, you just got to, I want to say you got to get rid of it. You got to get teams to opt out. I think that would be the perfect, the perfect solution. Like, hey, we're not going to get rid of the Celebration Bowl. It's important to the conference. It's important to black people. Cool. But if you don't want to play, if you get a chance to play in the college football playoffs, go ahead and take it. Because you're going to be missing out on the revenue of the Celebration Bowl for that school. So if Jackson was just like, I don't want to play there. I want to go to the, uh, the playoffs. And then you put in FAMU. Like, FAMU's still a really good fucking team. And then fam, you get the celebration bowl playoffs. And what I believe Dion actually wants is the fucking recruiting. Because this celebration bowl is handcuffs for Dion. Dion will never be a FCS national champion if he's forced to play in the celebration bowl. So when you when you talk when, when it comes to recruits, them fringe three-star, four-star recruits. When it comes to recruits, it's just like, okay, so where do, where do I go? Do I go to a North Dakota state who's going to play in a national championship? Or do I go to a, a Florida a and that might be able to play in a celebration bowl? So, like, like I said, it's cool, but a national championship simply sounds better than a SWAC championship. 
It does. And and you can still have a celebration bro champion if you just give the teams an opt out. Like if you gave Jackson State an opt out this year, Purview versus Florida A&M would be a great fucking football game. Fuck battle the bands bullshit. It's a great football game. The defense for Florida A&M is fucking nasty. The fucking offense for Purview Purview is fucking nasty. Jawan Pass versus Bell. That is a fucking football game, bro. But instead, we are going to miss out on Florida A&M being able to play in post-conference play because of your rules. So maybe I'm hoping that that's why Dion took the TCU interview. Maybe he can come back and be like, hey, like, instead of doing this, like, I'll stay, you know, the entire conference, you know, gets to eat off my back because what a lot of people don't realize is when you recruit well, people leave. It's that fucking simple. And when people leave, they, 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 they don't always leave vertically. You can leave horizontally. Just like when they uh, signed Shador, Quincy Casey left. Where'd he go? He went to Alabama, Alabama A&M. I said that country is shit. He went to Alabama A&M, which is still in the fucking swag. So he left horizontally, bro. So if, you, if he's able to recruit better, not everybody's going to stay. It's simple fucking math. Clemson lost like 30 fucking recruits last year. That's why they suck this year. So you bring in better recruits. Some of the people who are better than other people in the swag, they're simply going to go. They're just going to leave horizontally. And now the whole conference gets better. Yes, that if, you, if you're just trying to eat off of that, that's a slow play. But if you do your fucking job as a head coach and be like, okay, bet, I've already got some players. I got some freshmen coming in. And now I can add a couple uh, transfers, a couple of grad transfers. Then you get better when you're able to, to pick off of this tree. But I don't think the swag said that way. And Dion gonna be in handcuffs because he ain't never gonna, I don't think he's ever gonna be able to play in the, uh, the FCS championship. So the only way they do keep Dion is if they go FBS, but we know the swag is not ready for that. And everybody's talking about maybe three, four years, it can happen. It's not gonna happen. It's simply not because you got the problems at Bethune Cookman. Even if they were able to build a, a good football team or whatever, those those type of administration problems don't go away, bro. You the, these niggas had to furlough niggas for two fucking years, bro. That's not good business, bro. So who's gonna be able? And even if they're trying about breaking up the swag, you want Florida. You're gonna want Florida and them and Bethune Cookman. If you're uh, what which, what division is SMU in? Or Conference USA, whatever fuck. So let's pull four teams from the uh, SWAC and bring them to the Conference USA, whatever. You're going to want Florida. You're going to want Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman. Why? Because the recruiting pipeline. That's the only reason why you want them. And then you're going to probably want Alcorn because they have the best head coach. And then Dion because he's the best recruiter. But it's not going to fucking work if you have a Mississippi Valley where you literally not going to play the game because you you you, t you scared your players going to tear their fucking knee up. You're not going to take a Florida A&M because they've proven they can't pay no fucking body. You got Alabama A&M, which is cool. But it's just, at the same time, like, in the SEC, I hate to compare it to the SEC. In the SEC, the bottom schools have a fucking job. And it's that simple. In the SEC... You watch Vanderbilt lose by 50, but that's not why they're here. They're here because they're decent in basketball and they're the smartest school of the South. The whole fucking point of having a trash football team is because academically they're legit. Like they're, they're the top of the cream. Not trying to be a dick, not trying to shit on us, but in the swag, what's the bottom schools aren't the top schools in other shit. And that's the problem. So it's just okay, bet. We could we could take uh we could take a Mississippi Valley. What else do they do? They were literally it was, they were literally about to be uh taken over by Jackson State not too long ago, weren't they? So 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 what did they do? And then like okay, you might get the history of Grambling, but outside of that, what did they do? I, I don't know, bro. So I just feel like Hopefully, this TCU interview wasn't just an interview. I hope it was a power play. Like, hey, let's let's change some shit, bro. Give me an opt out of this goddamn. It may it don't it don't have to be this year. 
nigga, you just got here. If you was to opt out this year, that'd be nasty. But maybe like like in two years, bro. Let me let me win a celebration bowl or two, and then give me the opt out, bro. Because he he here to recruit, and if you can't be a national championship, if you can't be a national champion, then what fuck am I here for? Fuck fuck. Why would I want to go there? No. I'm trying to think of, I got my little thingy, but I can't see it got that thing. But I'm going to leave with this. Uh, let me put you on. I kind of feel kind of butthurt about this, but let me put you on. It's a uh, YouTube page called Off Script. He covered the swag, football, basketball, volleyball, all that shit. So if you're somebody like me who need to get your hours up, go watch Off Script. I will say this. The nigga can be mad annoying at times. But it's a good way to watch the games. It's fun. Like yesterday, I was watching the Jackson State game on the stream and on the TV because I simply wanted to hear what he had to say and be able to, uh, I guess, uh, interact with the people in the chat. Like I said, sometimes it's annoying. Like yesterday, some of the chat people was getting uh, getting rowdy, so he cut it off. Like you had to be a member in order to be on. Also, I was a member, so I was still there, but it wasn't as fun. But also, I I, I really I, I became a member I became a member to support black content. Now I'm gonna say this: try not to get angry because Jesus fucking Christ, I can't get a fucking share. I know so many people can't get a single share. Huh. Stun it out there. Not trying to be bitter, but to be bitter. But no, go uh go watch off script. It's some dope content over there. Him and uh, CFL podcast. CFL is just mainly Jackson's. But if you're trying to get the entire swag, off script is good. Swag to the food is good. But uh, that's been it, man. It's been another uh, episode of High Key, man. Come with this motherfucking content. Put our foot on your motherfucking neck. Be safe and be easy. I'm fucking with you.